Ha, <laughs> we here. Big fish shit. Ooh, ooh. Welcome to the podcast. Hope y'all enjoy it. Hope y'all learn something. And most importantly, we hope y'all elevate. Let's get uh-huh. it. Big fish, hit a big lick. We gon' bet it right back and hit a big flip. We been up for a minute and we still lit. Get them cats going top, but we don't feel shit. We just giving y'all gems y'all can live with. Elevate your mind, never mind all the bullshit. Finna talk about stocks, we ain't worry about ops. First get the bread up, then buy back the whole block. Ten toes down, we ain't never gonna stop. I'm a man of my word, I ain't never gonna flop. If I said it, then I meant it. Real ones gonna respect it, and it's still OG. It's in me, I'm represented. Ew, ew. Alright, big fish shit. We're back. We're back. We're back. Got another dope podcast for y'all today. Um, if I may say so myself. Uh, but of course, want to thank everybody that continues to tune in. Shout out to all the new listeners. Let's continue to share. Um, like, show some love, comment, interact with me, share it with your family and friends. The most important thing is that we're having these conversations. It's not about agreeing or disagreeing. It's how we can understand each other's perspectives and then work towards a common goal. All right. So today, a little bit of a different show, a little bit of a different show um, in some ways, perhaps not um, in other ways. But I wanted to talk with you all, maybe get your feedback on a situation that occurred about, it's almost been two months ago, something that I haven't addressed directly as I should have, but I just really wasn't sure, you know, exactly how to address it. I was going back and forth on a couple different things, but it was an incident in which um, I belong to a club, a social club um, where they have different locations you know, up here in New York, there's there's a few of them. And then down in Miami, there's a couple of them. And really throughout the country, throughout the world even. Um, and it's one of these exclusive clubs you have to apply for. And then once you get in, you know, you have to know people that are in there. And then once you get in, you have to pay, um, you know, a good amount of money, you know, thousands of dollars every year to keep up your membership. And that doesn't, you know, give you anything when you go there, you just pay that to actually get in there. And then you spend, um, you know, I, I know that my, between well, just myself, my brother's also a member as well. Um, but and then some of our close friends as well. But I spend a lot of money at this place. And I say that uh, just to kind of give a little bit of context. Um, you know, I visit this location a lot, whether it's in I actually visit the Miami one even more. Um, than when I'm up here in Jersey and New York. Um, But an incident occurred that has made me more and more uncomfortable as time goes by. And the incident really came out of the blue. And when I say it came out of the blue is, you know, I'm sitting there, you know, I go to this club, you can work out there, you can enjoy the pool, enjoy the beach, Um, A lot of amenities, but this day, I just went to get a workout and then go to the steam room. So, I'm leaving the steam room, and something occurred 
that, and before I get into it with you guys and tell you the story, let me actually set the tone on the entire episode, which is disrespect. When you're disrespected or treated unfairly, the respect will never be gained unless you address the disrespect or unless you address you being treated unfair. You can never gain a certain level of respect if you don't hold the people accountable that were responsible for you being disrespected. And we've talked a lot, even in the past, you know, some of the past episodes, um, we brought up different instances, whether it was with Kyrie or Kanye or um, countless others who always come out and apologize. Um, you know, whether or not it doesn't seem to be or whether or not something is wrong or right. It's just how much backlash that person either has received or will receive if they do not apologize. It has nothing to do with standing on principles, morals, values, integrity, all the things that we speak about. And <laughs> I'm not really sure. So I don't want to go the the direction of focusing on. Um, you know, this is unfair, that's unfair. I want to go the direction in how, especially as a black man, um, a leader in the black community, that's how I see myself, um, how we have to stop letting people fuck with us. We have to stop letting people disrespect us and we have to hold people accountable just the same way that they want to hold us accountable. And when we speak on different things or when we put them in different situations or whatever it may be, it seems that black men are always held accountable to a higher degree than a lot of others. But I'm not going to focus on that. What I'm going to focus on is how we need to start holding, a pe holding people accountable to a higher degree. We need to stop letting people fuck with us. And the only way people are going to stop thinking that they can fuck with us is for us to address the disrespect head on. So this is why I said that it's been bothering me more and more, this particular situation, the more I think about it and the more time that I let go by. And I was kind of conflicted on how to address it because I'm cool with a lot of the people, the manager at this particular location, um, but even when I t but when I told the manager about the incident that occurred, all I got back was a text literally that said, oh, my God. And the manager wasn't at the location at the time. So they had a couple other managers handle it. And I'm just 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 bear with me for a little bit because um, I just want you guys to understand the full story. So that way, as when I'm going through it, you'll understand everything around it. Um, so those managers that handled it the incident in person like one she was almost in tears like because she felt bad for me or felt bad for the situation or maybe she was just worried about her job who knows um the other you know was very you know like uh, i guess you could say apologetic but you know it was just like oh yeah sorry for that um but sorry doesn't hold any weight you have to do something to show you're sorry 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 is shown and apologies are shown through actions um, and that's how other cultures hold people accountable through actions. 
Kyrie, you need to do these five things in order to play. That's how people are held accountable through actions. And I'm not here to address whether or not I thought the Kyrie situation was right or wrong. What I'm here to address is the fact that I'm going to keep that same energy when it comes to myself and others uh, in my community being addressed. Um, I'm going to keep that same energy. So let me get back to the story. So I'm in the, you know, just finished out a workout. Boom. And and I'm not even sure if I, oh, so real quickly. So I responded when I told the, the manager what happened, all he responded was, oh my God, that was the, before I went on a tangent, that's what I was saying. And nothing has been spoken in the last two months since the incident. Nobody has reached out to me from this particular location. And I don't want to say the name because a reason that I'll let you know afterwards, but let me get back to the story. So sorry for the sniffles. So I just finished my workout. I'm in the locker room and I see somebody in the locker room who seems to be a little bit either confused or lost, or I could just tell that this was their first time, which happens because a lot of people from out of town come to this particular location and they were like, they had the shower running. Like, it seemed like they had a bunch of showers running. They were back and forth between the steam room, like, and it was pretty much fogging up the entire bathroom. So it was a weird situation. Then the person came up to me. And when they came up to me, I knew that something was a little different with this person. Um, it actually happened to be, uh, and I spoke to, you know, I speak to everybody. It was a transgender. Um, so it was a born guy. And I apologize, but I don't know all the terminology that I'm supposed to be using. Not Not trying to offend anybody, but it was a he told me that he was a transgender uh, and he was born a man. And so we had a conversation. He's like, oh, yeah. You know, so he's telling me that he he worked with, uh, I think, Barack Obama and how he's getting ready to work with Biden. And he had an American flag on his backpack. And, and then he said, well, I'm running for president, saying that he was running for president in 2024. So, um you know, person was different. You know, I'm not going to say that anything was wrong. I just say that the person was different. Um, and, you know, that stood out. So I just let them do their thing. I talked to everybody. It, you know, didn't do anything bad to me. Okay, you running for president? Cool. Like, I believe if you run and shoot, I didn't thought about running for it. And people probably think I'm crazy. So, you know, we we're having a conversation. And then, you know, let him go his way, him or her go his way. And then I got in the shower and after I get in the shower, I sit on the bench. There's a fan there and sitting in just a towel. So at this point, I think I may have been the only person in the locker room. And I only realized this because a police officer walked in and started questioning me and me being alert and understanding I, I'm, police officer comes to the locker room, I'm in a towel, I'm thinking like, what's going on? I'm very aware of my surroundings. So that's when I realized that I was in the locker room and it seemed like I was just there by myself. So the police officer comes in and he's like, hey, uh, are you the only person in here? I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, well, we're looking for somebody. 
Um, we're looking for somebody that's not supposed to be here, and you fit the description. So then he says, are you a member? And I said, yes, I'm a member. So I grabbed my phone, you know, double, double tap the side button to go to my Apple wallet to show my membership. So he doesn't even look at the membership. So he's like, are you staying in this hotel? And I'm like, no. He's like, well, you, you're not supposed to be here then. You can't be here. So what's funny about it, I had just saw this police officer. I saw this police officer when I went out to the beach after my workout to just get in the water for a little bit before coming back in. And when you come back in, you have to show your badge um, or show your bracelet when you're walking back in. So I showed my bracelet to the employee there and I noticed the cop and I noticed his face because this is the first time that I had ever seen a cop at one of the entrances for Soho. But he was just kind of chilling. I didn't say anything to him. He didn't say anything to me. And I thought that he was more so there for the setup that they were doing for the Art Basel. So neither here nor there. So I'd already made eye contact with the cop, registered his face. So now back to the being in the locker room, he's asking me if I'm a member. And I'm like, bro, first off, you just saw me walk in here. This is what I'm thinking. I didn't say this. You just saw me walk in and show my bracelet to an employee here. Uh, I know that you remember me because not a lot of people like me that look like me come into this um, location and not a lot of people that look like me are even members of this club. Um, now, it's different in different locations. Go to the one in Brooklyn. Yeah. But this one, not a lot of people looking like me. So I'm just sitting there as the cops questioning me. And, you know, I'm getting all my thoughts together and I know who the cop is thinking about, like he, who he's referring that I look like. Um, uh, and I didn't even tell you the gentleman was a Dominican um, transgender who dressed more like a female and took the identity more as a female because I remember she was uh, she's like, oh, let me follow your Instagram. Oh, this is my boyfriend. She started showing me pictures of her of her boyfriend. So. This is the guy, or this is the, the female, the transgender, that this cop is now saying that I fit the description of. So I, I, had, a, I had to figure out, you know, exactly how to play this. And, you know, this is something that my dad, who's an attorney, um, and I say that because he's had a lot of dealings uh, with um, cops, you know, being an attorney and my brother and I were always taught at a very young age of how to interact with police officers. I don't get excited um, when I deal with a police officer, when I'm getting pulled over or um, an incident like this. I stay calm and I ask, answer the questions, you know, that they're asking. And my main objective is to just get out of this situation, you know, whole. So, and it's always just to be, if for, for my non-black especially black male listeners, but just non-black in general listeners, there's a certain there's a certain feeling that comes about when a cop gets behind you um, or when a cop is in your presence accusing you of something. And this cop was accusing me of not being a member and accusing me of not being supposed to, to be there. So I asked the cop, I said, I think I said, I think you're a little bit unsure about how this works. I don't have to be 
staying in the hotel to use the locker room. I'm a member. Remember, I just, you know, pulled out my membership, had my bracelet on. I showed him my bracelet, showed him, my, you know, I went to show my membership on my phone. Wasn't even, he wasn't even interested. He just went to look around the locker room and then he came back and he said, yeah, uh, looks like you're the only one here. So it must be you. So I started laughing at first because I was like, listen, this is how I'm going to play this. I started laughing and I said, you know, giggling a little bit. And I said, officer, because um, he wasn't he wasn't necessarily aggressive um, to where I was threatened in a physical way. But, you know, keep in mind, this officer has a gun on him. And so I kind of just lightheartedly giggled. I said, you know what, like for you saying that I fit the description, um, you know, I think that's I think you'll 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 feel very bad when you find out who it is you're really looking for. Because I knew the, the, the lady, the gentleman that he was looking for. And I knew that she, I'm just going to say she, because she moved more like a female, um, the transgender. I knew that she wasn't used to being there. And based on how she was moving, I kind of just assumed that that's who he was talking about. And then he responded and said, well, who am I talking about? Who am I talking about? You know, because when I said, like, I think when you find out actually who you're looking for, you're going to, you know, feel pretty bad. He said, well, who is it I'm looking for? Who is it I'm looking for? And I said, you know what? I'm not going to do the same thing that you just did and assume that based on somebody not looking like they come here often or maybe not look like they're a member, a typical member, um, I'm not going to make that same assumption and saying like, oh, because they fit a description that that's them. So I just left it. I told the officer that and I just left it. So I told the officer, I said, well, you know, I'm in a towel, you know, if it's okay, let me get dressed and then we can go downstairs to the front desk. I'll answer any questions, talk to management, whatever I need to do. So the officer says, okay. And like I said, the officer wasn't being belligerent or anything like that. So the officer then, um, you know, he could tell that I wasn't, you know, running anywhere. Like I was calm getting dressed. Like I said, I'm in a towel naked. So the officer goes to the bathroom and then comes back and he's waiting there and, and he's like, oh, well, I'll just wait, you know, at the beginning of the locker room. So I'm like, OK, cool. So meanwhile, I'm getting dressed because I'm getting dressed pretty fast because I just, just want to deal with this situation. And now I'm getting a little anxious because I feel that I was just violated. So I want to address it ASAP. So I'm getting dressed real quickly and then I walked out to the other part of the locker room to leave the locker room and somebody else was on the couch at this point I believe so I walk out and as I'm getting ready to walk out the locker room two managers are walking in one's a female one's a male so the female seemed like she understood what was happening and I guess she spoke to the cop who at this point you know, may have stepped out to talk to her outside the locker room and told her, like, hey, I think I caught the guy. He's, you know, he's um, he's inside. So then she must have said, what are you talking about? We already found the person. And why are you in the locker room? I don't even think officers are supposed to go in the locker room. I've never seen a cop in the locker room. And based on me speaking to the manager, that officer was not supposed to go in the locker room. That officer should not be moving around without somebody that works at this particular club. So she was real franticky. And, you know, now the officer, I said, I told the officer, I said, I believe you owe me an apology. 
The officer says, what do you mean I owe you an apology? I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't mean to you. I wasn't mean to you. I said, you accused me of something. You walked in on me while I'm naked. You walked in on me while I'm naked. Accusing me of not being a member, accusing me of not supposed to be there after I showed you my my bracelet, after I went to show you, after you asked for it, if there's anything else that I can show you to prove that I'm a member, after I found that you weren't interested in it, you were only interested in you proving and you finding the perpetrator that was, I don't know, causing violence or I don't know what this person was, but you felt that you had to be a super cop and um, catch this perpetrator Meanwhile, I'm sitting and it just came out the sauna, couldn't be more relaxed after a workout, got into the beach, then I get into the steam room. I'm relaxed. You know, I clearly wasn't causing anybody any harm, but you just felt like you got one. Maybe you had a bored day. I don't know. Whatever. So keep in mind, I'm very level headed when I'm talking to the cop and as I'm talking to the cop, the manager, the female manager, she's getting nervous. She's like, can we just have this conversation somewhere else? Then, like, keep in mind, she's in the male locker room. But then she realizes, like, well, it's probably best to have it in here rather than in the hallway. So now we're in the doorway, and I'm talking to the cop. He's like, no, 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 you, you, you. I said, you just, like, you profiled me, and it was the wrong profile. Like, you, you said I fit a description. And based on now that you've probably seen the person who it was, and I told the manager, who she definitely had seen the person who it was, I said, how could you, you know, maybe you should have, um, you know, done a little bit better job of, of, of getting a better description. I said, situations like these, and I'm talking to the cop, and I said, situations are like these are what can get people killed by you false profiling me. By you thinking that I fit a particular description, I'm a masculine, 210-pound, muscular, black man with locks, and you're telling me that I fit the description of a transgender who identifies as a female, um, light-skinned Dominican who's probably about 150 pounds. That's what we're doing here. And to be fair, the she had hair, not like mine, but it was a little long, I guess. Um, but that cop who was outside probably when they heard it over the walkie-talkie rushed in because they that cop, I know, remembered me walking in and said, I know who the person is. That's just me assuming it. But neither here nor there. Regardless, I told the cop, I said, this is what gets people killed or people falsely um, involved in situations that they don't necess- that they don't have anything to do with. And I said, if I if it was another person in my situation, they may have handled the situation differently, and it could have led to a physical altercation, a verbal altercation, and now you have an altercation where one person is in a towel and naked. And another is in uniform with a gun. So the cop, instead of just apologizing, because at this point, at first I just said, I think you owe me an apology. Just like that. And then the more back and forth that he gave, why he didn't want to apologize, 
then I kept, you know, saying exactly what I've just told you that I said. So then the cop said something to me as if I was being a victim. And when I said that you, you know, you falsely you, you profiled me, he said, you put that in your head. Here this cop said that I fit a description, falsely profiled me to be somebody else that he was looking for and said that I put that in my head. That's in my head that I, he didn't he didn't falsely profile me. That's in my head. Keep in mind, this cop just still hasn't apologized. And I think that that particular cop who was a very fair skinned, may have been um, Hispanic, um, may have been mixed Hispanic and white, not really sure. But that cop doesn't understand and appreciate the fact that he has a gun and how traumatic and stressful that situation can be of him walking into a locker room, accusing somebody. And the funniest part of all this, the day that they took thousands of dollars out of my account to renew my membership was that morning. And I told the manager that. I said, so here you guys take money in my account to renew my membership. And that same day, I have a cop walking in the locker room while I'm naked with a gun accusing me of not supposed to be there. And that cop was insensitive to the fact of what it could feel like as a black man sitting naked in a towel to have an officer walk in on them, accuse them of not, not supposed to be, be there. And what ends up happening in a lot of these situations, especially when I talk to, you know, I have friends that are cops. What ends up happening in a lot of these situations is now if that argue, if it would have turned into an argument, because like I said, when the cop was, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't go back and forth. I don't argue with people with guns. I'm not about to argue with you when you have a gun and I don't. I wouldn't argue with you if you had a gun and I had a gun. Like, there's nothing to argue about. So I was very respectful, answered all his questions, followed everything that, you know, he suggested doing. Cool. He has a gun. I don't, I'm not trying to win a conversation or win a moment. I'm trying to get out of the situation. And then I'll address it in a more safe environment. But that cop didn't understand what it was like to be in that particular situation. And that's why that cop wasn't sympathetic and compassionate and empathetic enough to just apologize. To just apologize. Here he's getting mad at me. I wasn't mean to you. What? <laughs> you accused me of doing a crime, but because you weren't belligerent, you don't think that you need to apologize for that? And that's where we are. So, cop ended up walking away. Because like I said, the manager at the club was upset at the cop. Like, why are you even going in there? But you're responsible for that cop because it's your location. I'm a member of your club. And I just went through this a traumatic experience enough for you, the manager, to be crying. 
Now, like I said, I don't know whether you're crying because of what I went through. I don't know whether you're crying because you worried about your job and how this can, you know, turn into a major situation. I don't know. Maybe it's a combination of all of them. So I walked away and I told the the manager, and it's funny, the only reason why I was there that day was to speak to the general manager of the entire club. I'm cool with him, and this is the general manager that I told you that I reached out to in text about the situation that just responded and said, oh, my God. So now back to the real real moment in real time. I said, I told the managers, you know, the female and the, the male, and I said, where's such and such? I said, I want to speak to him. I want to let him know exactly about this situation that just happened, especially with me coming in here to just see him. And this was something that I already spoke to the, the general manager about because he knew that I was looking to introduce him to one of my friends um, who I was trying to, you know, set up with um, some type of interview if they needed any help, neither here nor there. So they pulled me to the side and they say, he's not in, um, he's not in today. And I said, you know what? No problem. I said, I'll reach out to him directly. And they were like very nervous about what I was going to do. So I told them, especially the lady who was, who was um, like crying. I said, listen, relax. I said, relax. I said, I'm not the type of person that's going to try to turn this situation into something big just to get a free, you know, a couple free dollars, or a couple free drinks, or like, you know, use this to turn it into a Black Lives Matter protest, you know, showing up at your club. It wasn't, that's not me. So I told her, I said, it, you didn't cause the situation, but you're aware of the situation. And um, I'll talk to the general manager and we could take it from there. I said, but there's nothing to, you know, I'm not going to, my, my intention is not to get you in trouble. I said, I'm not going to get you in trouble. So she was very thankful of that. And I can tell that she relaxed after I said that. So then I started to, you know, once they told me that the general manager wasn't there, you know, I, I stepped outside. I think I called, I either called my girlfriend or I called you know, my parents, or I just shot them a text, I think, in a group message, told them what happened. Like I said, my brother's a member as well. We all go there all the time. So they couldn't believe it. And like I said, I was still, like, the anxiety was still built. Like, my my emotions were going. Like, uh, I kept it in control. But you have that buildup when the situation occurs to where then once it starts to die down, um, you start to really just think about the situation. And the more I thought about it, I was getting more and more angry. And I was actually supposed to stay there and get some work done. But I just decided, like, nah, I'm out. I'm about to leave. I'm not about to hang around here. So I left. And as I was taking my Uber back, I text the general manager, told him what happened. Um, and... That's when I got the message back saying, oh, my God. Now, let's go back to the beginning of this when I said that I wanted to plant that seed of holding people accountable 
and addressing people's disrespect because that's the only way that you'll gain respect is by addressing people directly on how you were mistreated. That's the only way to gain respect. So I started to think and I said, you know what? If I was um, in this group of, of people, or if I was in this group of people, they would have been a little bit more fearful and would have followed up about the incident. I haven't heard anything else about that incident. Nothing. If I was a different type of person, they would have been nervous that I would be writing a letter, you know, talk about this in an article, go on a podcast and blast them, whatever it may be, file a complaint, reach out to an attorney, file a lawsuit for, you know, how I was mistreated from this traumatic experience. That's what they would have been nervous about to cover up, to make sure that they cover shit on their end to make me feel that I didn't need to go out of my way and do all those things because they would have been scared. Just how she was scared, but then once I told her, like, listen, I'm not going to get you in trouble with your manager, with your big manager. Everything just calmed down. And I don't even really blame her. Or I'm not even really blaming, I don't even care about blame. That's not what this is about. However, the neglect and the disappointment comes in with my boy. You know, I say my my guy because I knew him. And, you know, we didn't hang out or whatever. But, you know, we we hung out there before at Soho. You know, we were cool. I'm cool with a lot of the people that I'm going to have to delete that. Um, I'm definitely going to have to delete that, mute that. Um, but it is what it is. So, and, and I say I'm going to have to delete that because I didn't want to put out any, I'm not putting out any names. I'm not putting out... Um, you know exactly who it was at this point because um, I want to make sure that I'm I'm almost giving y'all an extra chance to address this situation how you should have addressed it from the beginning. Um, somebody should have been reaching out to me saying like, "Hey, I heard what happened. Um, you know, can can we can you tell us exactly what happened so, so we can make sure that this never happens again? We apologize." Um, you know, this is what we're going to do to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Like, you know, please, we don't want you to feel uncomfortable. Can you come in? Can you talk? Whatever. Normal stuff that people do, right? Everybody does it. You get a bad Grubhub delivery driver and what do they offer you? 20% off your next order. Something is done. But when nothing is done and when all you get is a response and a text message that says, oh my God. When there's no follow-up, I have to sit back and think that you're not, you don't take me seriously. You're just fucking with me. You're just pacifying me. You're just saying, oh, my God, you know, it's your day off. Like, oh, my God, that's it? Oh, my God, what? Yeah, oh, my God. I just went through this bullshit situation. I didn't need you to, I'm not looking for a hype man. I'm looking for, you know, I'm telling you this so we can address the situation and figure out how we're going to move forward. Because like I said, 
the more I was thinking about it, the more angry I got. And as time has gone by, I've just grown more and more angry. I haven't been back. Another thing that I would have done if I worked there, I would have said, like, hey, you know, have they been back? Or I would have reached out and said, like, hey, you know, we noticed that you haven't been back. You know, can we can we talk to you? Can we figure out, you know, the situation? Nothing. And that just shows me that you don't care about me being a member. Maybe I'm not important enough for a follow up or for time to be spent addressing my issue or for you to come out of your pocket and do something. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I can come out of my pocket to be a member, but you can't even follow up with a situation in which I was treated not only unfairly, but let me reiterate. I was sitting after working out, jumping in the ocean, jumping in the steam room. I'm sitting on a bench in front of a fan with just a towel on, butt naked. And an officer with a gun in a locker room, which there's just him and I, accuses me of not supposed to be there. Not not accuses me of trespassing. That was that was his exact word was trespassing. After I explained to him that I'm a mess, you guys got the story. But the main takeaway is not to feel bad for me because of the story, but just that to pay attention to how we need to hold people accountable. My dad has always done this. Um, we even we had a situation with Toomey um, a, f- a few months back. Actually, yeah, several months back. My dad is very big on reaching out to the higher ups. Let me. T- I'm, I'm going to write a letter. You know, my dad, he's an attorney, put the Esquire, you know, put the, you know, attorney, David Call, whatever, send that letter. And we have to do stuff like that. We have to put pressure on people. We have to let people know that they, they need to be scared to fuck with us. People should not feel that they can just put us in a situation where we're mistreated in their place, their business, and them not have to do anything. People are scared to death when that happens to other cultures outside of the black community. And I don't need to really, I don't, I'm not even going to name those other groups. People are scared to death to disrespect other groups of people because they know that if you do disrespect them, then it's not only they're not going to let it go. And it's not only them letting it go as individuals, their people are going to support them and their people aren't going to let it go. And it's going to affect your business. We haven't done that as black people. And I always address the black man as as a leader in the black community. We have not held other people accountable for how they disrespect and mistreat us. So. Now I have to make sure that I hold myself accountable to that same standard. Now I have to make sure that this particular club knows that you can't just fuck with 
black people. You can't just fuck with me. You can't just fuck with me and think that nothing else is going to have to be done after that to make amends. You can't just have me sitting in a locker room, butt naked in a towel, and have an officer come up to me accusing me of certain things, and then think that they can get away with it without doing anything but just addressing it in an oh my God text. So, consider this, and I'm going to send this to the general manager of the club so that he can feel a little bit of what I'm saying. Because I could have just threw the name out of the club. I could have just had an attorney write a letter. I could have just had a lawsuit already pending for them. Because you can't put people in that traumatic, you can't put people in a traumatic environment like that at your business and not address it on a high level. Address it how you would some of the other groups that you would address it with. And like I said, I'm not, I don't think that this person, like, let me be very clear. This general manager Not racist. I don't think that this person's racist. Um, I actually blame us. I think that just like he has, we've been conditioned to get mistreated in certain situations and that it's okay and that if black people are mistreated, you do not have to make up for it and address it the same way as another group. That's, That's because of us. Because we're soft, because we apologize even when we don't think that we're wrong, and because we don't hold anybody else accountable to apologize to us when they're wrong. So I'm going to give him an opportunity to fix this situation. Now, when I send him this podcast, he may look at it, may not. It is what it is. But if not, And even if he does look at it and I still don't feel that there's been any serious practical steps taken to resolve this, then it is my duty and responsibility as a black man to take it up the chain and to address it on a higher level. Because when we let this type of shit go, that is exactly why we are mistreated. And why we continue to be mistreated. And why people think that they could just fuck with us. We're considered a joke. We're considered clowns. Because we don't stand on shit. We let people violate us. We allow ourselves to be in situations that are disgraceful. And where we're mistreated. And we don't do shit about it. Not going to happen in this situation. So, 
like I said, we'll express, you know, I'll send this video to my guy and uh, we'll take it from there. We'll take it from there because this is not about even my particular situation. It is about my particular situation, but it's these small situations accumulate to set a standard of how we can be treated or mistreated throughout the world. And it's not going to, and I'm not going to, you guys know I'm very black and white. Either this is causing a problem or it's working towards a solution. I'm not going to allow my actions to be causing more and more problems for us. I'm working for the solutions. I'm working for us to, to be uplifted, for us to elevate. And to do so, we got to stop letting people disrespect us. People should be fearful of disrespecting us. And I'm not talking about you stepping on somebody's shoe and a physical altercation. I'm talking about people should fear the fact that if you fuck with me, that it's going to impact what you care about, your business. That's when the real tough guy shit comes into play. Not, Don't be tough beating up people that look just like you or shooting people just like you. That's what we do in our community, right? To show that we're tough. No, no, no. We're going to show that we're tough, we're logical, and we're smart and intelligent. And that we're going to impact. If you mistreat us, we're going to impact you where it really matters. Because clearly from a moral perspective, it didn't bother them enough for them to address it with any care. So I just wanted to share that with y'all. Take away whatever you, you know, take away from it, you know, leave whatever you don't need. But I'm not going to be the guy that allows people to just fuck with me. I wouldn't let somebody just fuck with me in my day-to-day -day life. I don't just let my friends get away with certain stuff. I don't let people that are in my life get away with certain stuff. So you think that I'm going to let another group that just mistreated me get away with something? You think that I'm going to let this group, well, this club, I should say, put me in a vulnerable situation to where I was mistreated and disrespected, a business that I pay thousands of dollars to for a membership and thousands of dollars that I'm putting in your business's account when I'm spending money on food, drinks, all of these different things, bringing people. Not going to happen. So the ball's in their court for now. And... We'll see how it'll, you know, be addressed moving forward. But I wanted to share this with everybody to hopefully encourage anybody else who may see something being done wrong to somebody else or something done to you. It's important that we hold people accountable because if we don't hold people accountable for bad behavior and mistreatment and disrespect, then we will never be respected. And we will continue to put ourselves as well as others and the younger generations in these disrespectful situations to, to where now they have to face it. Now they have to deal with it. 
and it becomes even worse. When people feel that they can disrespect you, they feel that they can mistreat you, they're not thinking about the consequences of doing stuff to you. That's why maybe um, you may be a little bit more aggressive with somebody that you don't think um, you're going to have to face backlash from. So we're setting our, our peers and our younger generations up to deal with this more aggressive backlash and a more aggressive disrespect because we don't address it and nip it in the bud. So with that, I'll let y'all rock out. Share with me your thoughts. Like I said, I'm going to bleep out the name <laughs> that I um, just mentioned um, just because I'm not just looking to make this a, a, a media thing or a rally, a BLM thing. It's not that. I just need us to be respected, and I need to be respected. So we'll leave it at that. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. As always, strength and honor. Let's continue to elevate. Let's get to the bag with integrity, of course. And let's just keep winning. Let's keep challenging ourselves. Let's keep pushing ourselves. Let's keep failing. So that way we can work harder and get bigger wins. All right? Over and out. Ooh. Ha, <laughs> we here. Big fish shit. Ooh, ooh. Welcome to the podcast. Hope y'all enjoy it. Hope y'all learn something. And most importantly, we hope y'all elevate. Let's get uh -huh. it. Big fish, hit a big lick. We gon' bet it right back and hit a big flip. We been up for a minute and we still lit. Get them cats going top, but we don't feel shit. We just giving y'all gems y'all can live with. Elevate your mind, never mind all the bullshit. Finna talk about stocks, we ain't worry about ops First get the bread up and buy back the whole block Ten toes down, we ain't never gonna stop I'm a man of my word, I ain't never gonna flop If I said it, then I meant it Real ones gonna respect it And it's still OG, it's in me, I represent it